0: travel back in time to the 80s reliving
1: the shenanigans it was the early 80s and sex was still a good way to meet new people
0: the disappointment that's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that and the self-confidence
1: i'm six foot three inches tall and maintain a very consistent panda bear shape
0: because just like you we're stuck in the 80s sure it's not 1985 right now but who knows what tomorrow will bring Stuck in the 80s, it's Spearsy And Brad in L.A. And today, in this time of staying at home and sheltering in place, we try to give you some unlikely cinematic and streaming diversions. You obviously don't know anything about intelligence work, lady. It's an XK Red 27 technique.
2: Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcasts on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and the CLNS Media mobile app.
0: You're probably curious about that opening song. It's obviously a play on Come On, Eileen, but this one's called COVID-19. It's a YouTube video by a duo known as Tipsy and Tone Deaf, which, by the way, are Brad and I's nicknames. I'll tell you which one's Tipsy.
2: I don't think we're going to reveal that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tipsy and Tone Deaf produce a parody video to encourage support of local communities through the United Way. You can find their website at www.tipsytonef.com. Pretty obvious, and you can watch the video on our website at sit80s.com.
1: Let's play this backwards and see if it gets any better. This new
0: hit, Freddie is a devil. This new hit, Freddie is a devil. And so then, in the spirit of their effort, we're here today to talk about movies that are a bit less traditional than the usual '80s classics. We've been stuck at home now for a month. Is it? Is it? Has it been a month, Brad?
2: Technically, as we all know, a month is 4.3 weeks, so not quite a month.
0: So in this time of uh, couch potatoing, I-, I think it's important to-, to have distractions. We've been doing this show for 15 years. I don't want to watch The Breakfast Club again or Ferris Bueller or Fast Times <gasps> or Richmond High. Take that back. No, I've, I've, I swear, if one more person comes to me and says, Oh, I've got a special cut of Breakfast Club, I'm going to kill someone. We want something different to distract us, and that's why we're gathered here today. And
2: joining us today on this journey into the dusty corners of subscription streaming services, it's Jen with One N.
1: Hi, guys. I am so, 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 so happy to hear your voices.
0: (laughs) Aw. Remember, cough into your elbow if you have to.
1: You got it.
0: Does anyone here wear a mask when they go out in public? I mean... I have been. Literal one, not a
2: figurative one. I don't have any, like, cloth masks or good masks, so I've been doubling up bandanas. So when I go out to the grocery store, as I did this week, I'm like, I'm here to rob you. And do you have any eggs? You know, I look like a (laughs) a Western bank robber. It's kind of funny.
0: What about you, Jen?
1: Yeah, I do the bandana thing with the two rubber bands daily. I do that when I go to the grocery store, which is not very often because it's it's very (laughs) nerve wracking. Even thinking about it, I'm like breaking out into a sweat.
2: Yeah, we try and keep it to once a week. But you know, I'm feeding a house full of people here. So
1: Right.
0: Yeah. I have some leftover medical masks from from a prince costume when I was trying to be the keyboard player to the revolution.
1: Oh, the doctor. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I bought like a 100 pack of those masks. I still have them here. So I've
2: also been wearing a bandana when I go uh, to use as a mask when I go on a run. Is it a jaunty neck accessory or am I escaping from a Circle K robbery? <laughs> you find it hard to breathe if, uh, if i only put a... it up over i only put it up over my face when someone is approaching so
1: that's very considerate bradley
2: it's also suspicious i know they probably think i'm going to rob them
0: anyway so here's the point today we've all been sitting at home literally you know, like creating indentations on our couches <laughs> at least here <laughs> you're not kidding <laughs> just trying to find anything on television that's a distraction that's the only way i can deal with it i, I it's bad enough that I have to to do a daily coronavirus blog post for work. Don't make me watch Tiger but, King again. I can't do it again. Yeah. Not going. I'm not going to watch it. What I've found and what Brad found and and I'm hoping Jens found as well is that if you if you spend a little time really, you know, going to dark corners of Netflix and Amazon Prime and Hulu, you'll find some some really fun Movies either from the 80s or about the 80s that maybe you'd long forgotten. And maybe now is the best time for us to go and check them out again.
2: The bar for entertainment right now is is extraordinarily low, I think is what Steve's trying to say. So, yeah. you know, you might enjoy these more than you would have if you had other more productive things you were allowed to do with your time.
1: Listen, it's also part of the journey takes up time, too. So that's what we've been doing. We've been like making lists and spending like half hour, forty five minutes, like combing through each of these streaming services and you know the cable channels or whatever, that's and, been the, and great. thats part of it. <laughs> it's yeah. it's not just watching the movie. It's like figuring out what's You're helping available. Us,
0: gentle listener,
1: <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly.
0: <laughs> well,
1: let me tell you about the first movie I found.
0: Uh, this was completely by accident. The other day, I was doing a search for something else, and I found a movie not from the eighties, but about the eighties in two thousand eleven. Uh, Topher Grace started a movie called Take Me Home Tonight
1: Matthew We had a deal You said just give me the summer to figure things out Well guess what, the
0: summer's over I want to hear your plan Dad, I guess my plan is to keep working at Suncoast Until I figure out What I really want to do with my life Why don't you just get
1: an engineering job Until you figure it out Honey, we just think you have such potential I mean, you could be anything You could be an astronaut Oh,
0: Problem solved. I'll just be an astronaut. Matthew, I didn't give a quarter of my savings to MIT so you could work at the mall. Has anyone seen this movie? I've never
1: heard of this movie. I <laughs> am intrigued. I, this looks very exciting to yeah, me. stop the
0: podcast. I'm going to go watch it. <laughs> it's on Netflix. It came out in 2011. And the reason I remember this movie so well was uh, I, I did the movie review for it in, at the newspaper I was working for at the time, the Tampa Bay Times. I was also supposed to interview Topher Grace, who is the star of it. And that's a whole other story. But (laughs) the the movie's basically – it was written by the same people who wrote that 70s show. Okay. Hence, we see Topher there. He stars as this um, underachieving MIT graduate who is working at a video rental store in the 1980s while he tries to figure out what to do next in life. Somewhere in the process of his tedium, he meets his high school crush – and lies to her, saying that instead he works at Goldman Sachs. Ooh, the classic double mm-hmm. life crisscross, mm-hmm. secret mm-hmm. of my success plot. I love it. Yeah. Here's the secret to, to being a movie reviewer. Every movie's better when you get to see it for free in the middle of the afternoon instead of being at work doing an actual job. Yeah. Right? Fact check true. So that's when I saw this movie. And I was supposed to interview Topher... And to make a long story short, it was scheduled for the same day I was closing on my condo, and I told them, hey, it has to be between this hour and this hour or else I can't be there. And Topher was calling my phone nonstop as I'm trying to sign my paperwork for my condo. But <laughs> it, Sorry, dude. Bigger this, name, other line. It's not high art, but it's still a fun kind of rom-com, harmless, your mind will be wiped clean for two hours, and that's all you can ask for.
1: Sounds perfect. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jen, what is one of your uh,
1: finds? Well, I'm not sure how hidden this is, but I... I okay, hear me out. <laughs> All of the lethal weapons have become available on Netflix. We're not too old for this shit. We're not, We're not too, too old for this Say it like you believe it. We're not too old for this shit. Yeah. yeah. The first one is exquisite, I think.
2: Oh, absolutely. And they get
1: they get increasingly decreasingly maybe is the word terrible as, as the franchise goes on um and i think only the first two are are technically in the 80s but what i'm suggesting is not that these are good movies but that if you're looking for like a project because i've been seeing people like making you know i don't know art galleries for their gerbils and lots of baking happen like there's a lot of projects happening <laughs> a lot what of what i understand i can't
2: find flour to save my life in this town
1: Exactly. So what I'm thinking is, if somebody wants an 80s movie project, it might, you know, they could do worse than doing a Lethal Weapons. Either like a movie week, you know, every night you sit down and you watch a, a, a one of the Lethal Weapons, or you can, if you're really bored, binge watch it one whole day, just oh my only Lethal Weapon.
2: Wow, no. talk about an indent on the couch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Well, it's kind of a unique opportunity, I think, to like see how a franchise changes as it goes on. So that's what I'm suggesting. You can find all four on Netflix. Um, I think Indiana Jones, most or all are also available on Netflix. I wouldn't wish this on anybody, but Police Academies (laughs) is a possibility. Um,
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's just mean.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying, if if you're looking for a movie project... Those are a few suggestions. But I, I think of, of those, I would try for Lethal Weapon. I, I might do it myself. I haven't decided yet. Have you ever
2: actually, side, side question, have you ever actually sat down and done a movie marathon of a series like that?
1: I haven't. The closest I came was Back to the Future. When we first showed it to our daughter, we just couldn't get enough of it. So just we just bang, watched bang them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not in like a week, but within a couple of weeks. Yeah. Have you done it,
2: Brad? Uh, yeah. When my kids were little, Katie... Well, she still does this. She goes away for a weekend with her college roommates, and so we would always plan, you know, something crazy we would do. And as they got older, one year we decided we would we would watch all of the Harry Potter movies, and it was a chore to get through them in three (laughs) days. Like by the end, they're not short either. Just like, oh my gosh, can we do it? We can do it. Okay, push through one more. But we were like oh keeping God. track of like, how many times does Malfoy say, wait till my father hears about this? and How many times <laughs> does, you know, Ron say bloody hell and stuff like that? It was, it was fun, but it was a slog.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. each movie's like two and a half hours long. Yeah,
2: they were long.
0: I used to love it on holiday weekends when AMC or, or TNT would do all the Star Wars movies back to back. Sure. At least the original trilogy. Yeah. That I was always game for. I could sit through that every, any time. Brad, what's one of your main hidden picks?
2: Well, this one, I'm going to go back to your remark about just wipe your brain clean and enjoy 90 minutes of 80 ness You know, directly into a vein. That's what this is going to give you. It's High School USA.
1: So, uh, what did you do over the summer? Ah, uh, the usual: safari in
0: Kenya, dinner at the White House. The rest of the time, I just played video games. Did you uh, think about your future? My future. No, no, never came up. You know, J.J., down deep in the far, far reaches of your innermost self, I think there must be some potential. But uh, we're never going to find it unless you start caring about something. Hey, hey, I happen to care very deeply about who becomes playmate of the year.
2: High School USA is on Amazon Prime right now. Helen Putrid and Vicky Slime, two punkers, go roller skating with two losers.
0: I'm Helen Putrid. This is Vicky Slime. And we quit school in the third grade. Uh, okay, well that's I, not why do I think that you're talking about us?
2: <laughs> that's not quite the that's not quite the whole whole story. This is just the the perfect tropey high school movie you just you've ever seen. If if you've seen it, I don't think I'd ever seen this. I've heard about it, I was familiar with it, but it's amazing. It ticks all the boxes. The plot line is, you know, the spoiled rich kid and the social misfit are competing for the affections of a a young lass via, of course, how else do you win someone's heart via racing competition, of course. The cast is just, it's insane. It's Michael J. Fox, Nancy McKeon, <laughs> Crispin Glover, Crystal Bernard, Todd Bridges, Dana Plato, and Anthony Edwards as the bad guy if you can imagine wow. that. And then Not on the really. other side the adults are all like survivors of you know 60s sitcoms themselves. Tony Dow, Angela Cartwright, Eleanor Donahue, Bob Denver is in it, Ken Osmond, Don Wells is in it. It's it just it surprises you at every turn cuz you're like wait a minute, that's she was in the Sound of Music. <laughs> I can't even describe it any more than that. But just watching the watching this, the haircuts, the clothes—there's so much freaking alligator, you can't even believe it. It's Uh, true. (laughs) It's it's just it will blow your mind. And Todd Bridges as the like the robot making super nerd is just fantastic casting. (laughs) So this was released in 1983. Maybe you think maybe it was inspired a little bit by fast times can't really call it released because it was a tv movie it was aired on nbc in october of 1983 and they shot a follow-up was a like a one-hour pilot but they didn't have any of the original cast and it didn't get picked up by the network but y- you don't need any more of this it's it's got a beginning a middle and an end and michael j fox spoiler alert gets the girl and they roll the credits and then you're like oh i'm still stuck here but at least i got to see that wow
1: Brad, this is glorious. I think that is a very good adjective to describe this it's, show. It just... I, so I saw it when it originally aired in 1983, and okay. then I got really excited the following summer when they re- reran it in the summer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it it is so good. I re- I mean, I mean, this is like. Nine year old Jen talking and saying it's really good, but it's so entertaining and it's such a just a delight. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you picked
2: it. It's everything you want and nothing you don't in an 80s movie. And if you haven't seen it, you owe it to yourself to watch it. If you have seen it, watch it again. You liked it.
1: Here's my wish, right? Like, I, I wish that they could show this the way it was aired originally on NBC with commercials. Like, how much fun would that be, right? Oh, gosh. Yeah, so fun.
2: The commercial load into that. Can I that. can
0: I ask a related question to this storyline? Has, has anybody here, I guess, me and Brad, have you ever engaged in some sort of racing competition to gain the attention of, of a girl? And Jen, have you ever had guys likewise um, race to themselves? impress me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that would be a no. <laughs> no one has ever raced to impress me. No one has ever gone into a, uh, a tractor and faced another tractor to impress me. No one has ever done karate to impress me. No, nobody ever tried to impress me.
2: Oh, I find that hard to believe.
1: No, Brad, it's true. what about
2: you? Computer coding competition, maybe? I have never entered it. Well, I mean, maybe for other reasons was I in computer coding competitions, but uh, not to impress the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Steve? You and no, your sick no, Mustang I mean, I was, ever lay down I mean, some sweet, to... sweet
0: tracks? I'm horrible at sports. Uh, you know, I, I tried to play football for a year, and I never got to play. So it, it... is driving a sport, though, really? No, I'm,
2: I'm saying football. What are you talking about? I thought we were talking about racing to win the affection No, I'm just saying the... any
0: kind of competition. Oh, any okay. Kind of... Okay, let me get back to my list of hidden gems. I think I've talked about this one on the show before. But it's on Amazon Prime right now, and so I'm going to talk about it again. It's the movie from 1981 called Reds. I told you what I thought about the Armory piece. I was honest about that. I think it's very nice, but
1: no, I don't take it very seriously.
0: Thank you. Why do you even expect to be taken seriously if you're not writing about serious things? I don't understand that.
1: I found myself an apartment. I'm looking for one. and I'm I'm not even sure I know what things you're serious about.
0: One day you're writing about the railroads, and you don't even finish the piece. The next day you're doing a piece on an art exhibition that happened three years ago. Look, why do you give me anything to read anyway? If I criticize it at all, you tell me you like it the way it is. And when we're out with other people, if somebody doesn't ask you a direct question, you tell me you feel ignored. But with everything that's happening in the world today, you decide to sit down and write a piece on the influence of the goddamn Armory Show of 1913. Are people supposed to take that seriously? I don't really care. Now, who's seen this movie? Cricket. Cricket. I worked at a movie theater where
2: it was shown but I didn't ever go into the auditorium to enjoy its wonderfulness
1: And I saw it on HBO, and I didn't know what was happening because I was like (laughs) eight, so I did not watch the entire entire thing.
0: (laughs) It's at least three hours long. It will seem like it's six hours long. It doesn't
2: have an intermission.
0: It does. It will seem like it occupies an entire weekend for you, so it checks that box. In reality... It is the story of journalist John Reed who chronicled the Russian Revolution in a book called Ten Days That Shook the World. Now, I know you're already falling asleep at this, but consider this. (laughs) This, The story of John Reed was something that Warren Beatty came across in the 60s. And he made it his pet project. It was the one thing he wanted to get done in his career. And he pretty much cashed in Whatever, every Brownie favor, every to favor known to man. <laughs> yeah, so it's co-written, directed, produced, and is starring Warren Beatty as John Reed. But consider this: co-stars <laughs> Diane Keaton as his wife, Jack Nicholson as Eugene O'Neill. You have Edward Herman, Paul Servino, Maureen Stapleton, Gene Hackman. Lest you think that I'm making a, a mountain out of a molehill, it was. Nominated for an Oscar for Best Director, which it won. And it was also nominated for Best Picture, which it lost to the equally compelling, but I can't find it on TV right now, Chariots of Fire. Mm. Boom. Hmm. Steve drops his podcast mic and goes and gets some more Gatorade.
2: Man, Steve went serious on us, Jen.
1: It sounds really good.
0: (laughs) It is really good. It's half documentary in the sense that it involves interviews of people who knew these characters Hmm. but it's still a a biodrama and it's it has a nice sense of humor along with everything else if you like those actors which you probably do it's worth seeing but is it best to be watched on a day when it's rainy and cold and gloomy and you can't go outside anyway yes
1: yeah (laughs) Yeah. it sounds like a novel it sounds like a novel on the screen
0: yes exactly is what that you've nailed it Okay, I made my point. Everyone can wake up again. Jen, what's your next pick?
1: (laughs) Wake up because it's Sign of the Times, um, which is on Amazon Prime. And I think it was Dave Dirt on Facebook was telling me it's been on Amazon Prime for a little while. And I didn't realize it till the other night. But uh, Sign of the Times, of course, is the concert movie by Prince of that album. So it's weird, though. (laughs) It's like a concert movie. He's definitely playing live, but it also has like these little vignettes and they're very. Theatrical, some might say a little over (laughs) theatrical. Um, Prince? No. I know, right? There's, there's like some kind of storyline happening, but like that's, don't worry about that part. Like I, I actually fast forwarded through for those vignettes just to get to the music, but that's my favorite double album of his. And the music is just amazing. And he's, he's Prince. He's doing what he does. And just to, reminder that he died in 2016 on april 21st so this might be a nice tribute to pay to uh to the legend prince um so sign of the times on amazon prime which i think originally it was 87 when this uh, movie came out Hmm. and actually one more thing when he first died i was dying to see this movie and i couldn't find it anywhere i called our dvd store And they didn't have it. Like, I couldn't get my hands on it. So I was very excited to to learn that it was on Amazon Prime. Have you guys seen, either of you seen this?
0: Bits and pieces. Yeah. Sounds like something I'll check out over the weekend. Brad, what about you? What's your final pick?
2: Uh, My second pick. We'll get through this fairly quickly. We all like Eddie Murphy. Let's face it. He was funny back then. So let's, let's spend a little time with him and the golden child.
1: Let us have the knife. Let him ask it.
0: I said, I,
1: I, 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 I want the knife. Let him mask again.
0: I want the knife, please.
2: So this is on Amazon Prime right now. I I I I, I want the knife. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all you need, right there. That's it. That's the whole movie, as far as I'm concerned. For those of you who who skipped that day in film class, social worker Chandler Gerald who's played by Eddie Murphy, gets drawn into this supernatural plot to kill the golden child, who's going to save all of humankind. Still waiting for that. I don't know, really, that that needs much more introduction than that. You've probably forgotten about this. You probably haven't seen it in a long time. Is it great?
0: I don't think it's great. Is it funny? Yeah, it's got some moments. Check it out. Yeah. It has a lot of quotable lines, except it has a, you know, my dear brother Noomsy has forgiven me. Stuff like that. Yeah there was a time in the first few years of the podcast where we did a episode on bad movies with great songs. Okay. And we specifically name checked golden child for having the tune best Band in the world by Ann Wilson. Killer song for for a not so great movie, but yeah, I think it's I think it's improved over time. I think that's yeah, fair to say.
2: Eddie Murphy said, "You know, it doesn't matter how I feel about the Golden Child, which was a piece of shit. He called it that himself. <laughs> so the movie awesome. made more than a hundred million, so who am I to say it sucks? Oh my gosh, yeah,
0: he could have made any movie at that time, and it would have made a hundred million dollars. That's I mean, that's what happens when you're following up some of your." biggest hits of the 80s.
2: Yeah, the studio wasn't really happy with this because it didn't make $250 million. Oh, boo hoo.
1: Here's where I keep getting hung up though. Is he was a social worker? Like I don't remember that at all. I remember like the blood in the in the pudding or in the uh in the oatmeal. In the o- oatmeal. And yeah. I remember the kid and I remember Charlotte what's her face, but I do not remember that he was a social worker. I just assume he's like always a, a He's just a private cop. investigator or something. <laughs> From yeah. Detroit. No,
0: no, the, wh- the movie starts with him walking around posting flyers from missing children and appearing mm-hmm. on a TV show asking for information to help find missing children. So,
1: Well, doesn't that feel more like a private investigator? Because I know social workers and that's not really what their job is. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: that's what they want their job to be, I guess. Ah, uh,
1: Probably. So. Just trying to help out, man.
0: Hey, we're happy to welcome our new partner, Bet Online, this week. With currently no NBA, no NHL, no Major League Baseball, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Well, you know what, Bet Online? I've been wrong before. <laughs> <laughs> our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on, from their online casino to poker and blackjack, as they are bringing the Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. BetOnline has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can wager on. Are you kidding me? You can wager on Madden? That's amazing.
2: Video games? You bet. Esports, baby. It's the future.
0: If you're into entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Okay, BetOnline, you've got me now. I'm totally in. I'm all in. BetOnline is open All 24 hours of the day, always online. Visit their website at betonline.ag or use your mobile device and join today to receive a free welcome bonus. Bet online. They are your online wagering solution. So in addition to each of our two picks, we all came up with a quickie list of honorable mentions in in honor of Jen, who would have had them anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Truth. Just got in front of that train. here's my quickie list real quick La Bamba is on Netflix that's always good to see uh, Lou Diamond Phillips as Richie Valens speaking of Eddie Murphy his comedy special Delirious is on Netflix make sure the kids are in bed before you put that one on (laughs) Uh, earth girls are easy from 1989 Jeff Goldblum and the furry aliens visit the Uh, San Fernando Valley I I owe Dean Draper a viewing of that it's fantastic and uh School Days, Spike Lee's second movie from 1988, based on his college days at Morehouse. Those are all fantastic ones that you can see. Jen, what are some of your honorable mentions?
1: Some of my honorable mentions are... Okay, so this one, I'm going to take a note from your page. This one's from 2008, but it has such an 80s feeling to it. It's Step Brothers with Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, directed by Adam McKay. It is so funny. And it's just got an 80s feel. And it makes me feel like the comedy is so stupid... That it makes me feel like I'm watching like a police squad or or airplane. It's got the, those kind of laughs in it for me. Yeah. And then don't forget about Horatio Sands, who who's the lead singer of Uptown Girl, the '80s only Billy Joel cover band in that movie. So, <laughs> but that is such a fun, funny movie, and it's leaving Netflix at the end of the month. So jump on it. My other couple are She's Got to Have It which is actually Spike Lee's first movie from 1986. That's on Netflix. This is the movie that introduced me to a whole different way of watching and and understanding movies. This little black and white thing that he put together on like his credit cards or something like that. And I watched it for the first time on Night Flight. So <laughs> yeah, wow. she's got to have it. It's just really, it's so much fun. And, and it's like Spike Lee, it is Spike Lee-est. <laughs> and then the last two are just like, warm flannel blankets for me, The Natural with Robert Redford and Glenn Close and Robert Duvall is on Netflix. And then Tootsie, which I could watch anytime, anywhere, under any condition, is also on Netflix. Um And again, Tootsie like just putting on some nice comfy pajamas over and over. I <laughs> love that movie so much. And I just wanted to say one more thing because none of the movies that I've mentioned, uh, except for maybe the exception of The Natural, are going to work for my fourth Greater for my 10-year-old daughter. Yeah. So I just wanted to shout out to parents out there who have kids that are not teenagers and, and you just need to a, a little check because it's been years since you've seen some of these movies. There's a website called Common Sense Media. And if you go to that and put in the name of the movies, there are more often than not some some kind of rating that says like oh, okay this is good for kids ages 13 plus or whatever there's reviews from parents there's reviews from kids so it's just because like sometimes you'll be you'll be like this part movie's perfect from the 80s i loved it and you you play it and you're like this like, is not oh my good. gosh <laughs> like, there's
2: yeah, an this abortion at ca- ca- fast times at richmond high
1: exactly like this casual racism is making me uncomfortable <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. so um <laughs> so yeah common sense media for those with kids out there
0: <laughs> okay brad what are some of your honorable mentions Well, okay,
2: here we go. A lot of these are just things that didn't qualify as being too far in the corners, but Blade Runner is on Netflix right now, uh, and I believe, like one of Jen's picks, I think it's leaving at the end of the month. I have sworn an oath that my son and I will be watching that this weekend, because we keep putting it off. (laughs) Desperately Seeking Susan, which I was kind of surprised Jen didn't pick. It's okay. (laughs) But that's on Amazon Prime right now. Little Monsters. I don't know if you remember that with Howie Mandel and Fred Savage. That's on Netflix right now. One of my favorites. I love. I think I maybe love the soundtrack more than the movie. But something wild with Melanie Griffith, uh, Ray Liotta, (sighs) and Just Drew. Uh, I mean, no, Jeff Daniels is on. It's on the HBO (laughs) platforms right now. It's on HBO Go and HBO Now. If you have access to those, Jeff Daniels skips a lunch tab and starts an adventure. Uh, All of me. I had to find a Steve Martin movie for this list because I just love Steve Martin, and this is just so funny. I think this is very well done. Again, this is on the HBO platforms, uh, but it's also on Directv on the VOD right now, and then a couple from Amazon Prime, hiding out with John Cryer. Oh, good. And yeah, and one that almost made my first list, and that's Clue, with uh, which is on Amazon Prime. It's just oh, the wow. cast the is so the cast is so good. The movie. It drags a little in the middle, but the, the cast is crazy.
1: And that's a good one for kids, too, actually, I have to say.
0: Hey, you know what it's time for around here?
1: The, the Seggies.
0: Ah, the mysterious refrain of, I want my mystery TV theme song. Still, I gotta find a better way of introducing this Segi. This is just—it just hurts every time I say it. Every every episode, I don't know why.
2: We're gonna work on some things because
0: I'm I'm not very good at what I do. That's the problem.
2: Oh please,
0: <laughs> you're a tremendous slouch. Anyway, <laughs> here's how it works. We'll play a snippet of a theme song from the '80s. If you get it right, you are entered into the drawing for a for the one thing that I can say every show without slurring: a postal friendly bottle opener. I don't. I don't know what it is. It's the most perfect phrase that has ever been gifted to me. Anyway, you know what I did realize yesterday, Brad? Is uh, I was trying to use the postal friendly bottle opener to open a big can of pineapple juice so I can make a French martini. Uh, it, it's, it's, absolutely, it's absolutely no Wait, good for that.
2: <laughs> oh no! It's not going to poke a hole in a metal can.
0: Right. That's so I had to go to Publix to buy a two dollar tool to open the It's not a can opener. One dollar can opener. We don't give out can openers. What is this? A, like a Bugs
2: Bunny cartoon? Oh my god.
0: <laughs> anyway, pineapple juice. That's the takeaway <laughs> for this show. <laughs> Pay attention. Here was the clip from the last time we did this Seggy.
2: Flow,
0: That's the theme to Angie. Let How did so many people get this one right this this show was on the air for what one or two seasons like a season
2: and a half yeah i don't know people brought it though the answers the answers came in hot and fast
0: too like it wasn't like oh let me think about that for a while it was like boom this is another one from crispy critter who i'm leaning on if you want to know what the next one's going to be just email crispy critter and and he'll tell you because he's the one feeding me all the uh obscure tv show theme songs uh brad why don't you read the list of winners
2: Winners this week include Chase on lockdown in Ecuador, Chris Cooling, <laughs> Tanya in Asheville, Tim Kelly in Ash. Wait a minute, Tanya and Tim, do you, you guys know each other? Maybe Tanya and Tim Kelly both happen to be in Asheville. May or may not be at the same place. Who knows. John Ross from Charlotte, North Carolina, Alejandro Sticks, Cardoso Solis from Tijuana Mexico, Spitvalve McGee, Z Fnick, Kevin Serving, Wench, Tom Corn in Austria, Chris the 80s Queen of Massachusetts, Christine in Philly, Nate Chops Johnson, Janet JFK Not, Chuck Coverley, Ann in NorCal, Matt D. in Oregon, and Buck from Northwest Arkansas, who writes. That was the theme song to Angie. As I'm sure you know, the song was called Different Worlds by Maureen McGovern, and it is a total earworm that still pops into my head to this day. Thanks to my big sister. I think I watched every episode, but I honestly don't remember anything apart from the amazing cast in this song. Thanks for dragging it out for others to hopefully get stuck in their heads, too.
0: Well, yeah, it is. Okay, time to spin the wheel. Uh, Jen, you're the special guest today. Why don't you give the um, spinning wheel a nice little nudge?
1: You bet, because on lockdown, I've been exercising at least 10 minutes a day. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Up to and
2: including 10 minutes a day. Right.
1: Ooh, good form. Thank
0: you. Yeah. And looks like it's going to land on... Hey,
2: move over, Spoozy. I'm reading the name off the wheel this week. And it looks like it's going to land on... Matt D in Oregon. All right, Matt, send us your mailing address and we'll get a postal-friendly bottle opener out to you stat. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com and tune in soon to find out if you're a
1: wiener.
2: We'll be right back after this quick break.
1: I love running at this time of the day. Yeah, me too. Makes me feel close to nature. The best part is that it's wonderful exercise. It's the best. Of course, one should check with a doctor before doing any heavy exercise. Right, and then start off just a little each day. I sure wish we could tell that to everybody. I think we just did. We did? Say for yourself. Remember,
0: be good to your body, and it'll be good to you.
1: Well said, He-Man. Now, I'll race you to the tree. Okay.
0: And we're back. We have a few minutes left. I thought it was time to reinaugurate an old tradition here we'd like to call, What's Your 80s Obsession? Jen, what's your 80s Obsession?
1: I have been wanting to talk about this book forever, ever since I read it probably six months ago. And this seemed like a good opportunity because it's talking about movies. And we were talking about movies. The title is, I'm going to give you the whole thing right now. The Ultimate History of the 80s Teen Movie. Fast Times at Richmond High, 16 Candles, Revenge of the Nerds, The Karate Kid, The Breakfast Club, Footloose, Dead Poet Society, and Everything in Between by James King.
2: <laughs> Man, that feels like an SEO-optimized title, if ever, I've heard. Yeah, one. yeah.
1: Do you think? Yeah. So it, let me give you the short version, The Ultimate History of the 80s Teen Movie by James, James King. And I love, love, love this book because it kind of delves a little bit deeper than just like Pictures of everybody, and then you know some a paragraph about a a anecdote we've all heard before. So it really does look at like film history, and it's really fascinating. The way it's structured is it starts out with the late seventies, because as we have said many times, the eighties were really about the late seventies and maybe not even into the nineties, right? Like the what we picture to be the eighties. So it starts out talking about John Travolta, the king of movies with uh, Saturday Night Fever. And then it closes with John Travolta's big comeback in the early nineties with pulp fiction. Mm. So it's a really cool way to look at it. And it sort of talks about, you know, all the different things that were happening at the time, how MTV was having an impact about how like even government was having an impact about what kind of stories were being told. Fascinating book and super readable. So if you've got some time, because. You have time. (laughs) (laughs) If perhaps you 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 are home, you you might have captured
2: some of that commute time. Uh, It's hard to say.
1: For example, The Ultimate History of the 80s Teen Movie by James King. Cool. Speaking of
0: 80s teen movies, here's my 80s obsession. I finally saw the movie Goonies last weekend. You did not. So, I I did. Prove
1: it. What's the verdict? What's the verdict? I didn't.
0: It's Raiders of the Lost Ark for kids.
1: Yeah, it is. (laughs) That's why it's
0: so good. (laughs) It's okay. I I fell asleep. (laughs) Um, Like during the never ending underground chase, but Steve down there, down there, it's their time. It's their time. Mm -hmm. I didn't love it. There's moments that are obviously just genuine and, and delightful. I think I had to see it in the 80s and I had to be at the right age and I was two or three years oh, too old to see it then and I'm 30 some years <laughs> too old to see it now so
2: let me just come back to one of the things you said you said there were some moments would you share one of those moments that you felt was like a, a nice just you know just well, give something to the people out there who love this movie because there are a lot of them the,
0: the whole confession scene with Chunk you know where he confesses all the things that he's done where he spills his guts he mm-hmm. yeah. can't I want you to spill your guts. Tell us everything. 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 Okay, I'll talk. I could watch that a thousand it's times over. I my that know, was this, amazing.
2: I'm doing this for you, Steve, to keep the Pitchfork and Torch crowd from gathering. Oh, it's fine. At people, six foot distances around hate. your house.
1: <laughs> Baby Ruth? No.
0: <laughs> There's other movies that I've seen. I think Making the Grade was one that I didn't see until the like oh, God. Very recently. <laughs> and I just was like, oh, my God, this is not good at all. I, there's there, there really is a some sort of complex algorithm about when you see a movie and it, oh, if you see it at the so. wrong time, it just doesn't resonate. And yeah. I feel bad that it doesn't resonate with me, but that's the way it goes. Brad, what was uh, your 80s obsession this last week?
2: I got to tell you, I was really struggling to come up with something because I just I felt very uh, just focused on other things, other non-80s things. But last night, I was wrapping up my work day. I'm sitting here in one of the makeshift workstations we have around the house so that everyone has places to sit and be on the computer. And I saw a profile that the New York Times has got in, I think it's in this weekend's paper, on Weird Al Yankovic. And... I'm like, oh, okay, let me take a look at that. It's probably, you know, half a page. It was a very long piece. It was really well written. And I got to tell you, I was crying in the middle of it. It was, it's uh, really good. What? Um, Yeah, just talking about kind of Weird Al's life and coming up as a young nerdling accordion player and his, his experiences in college that kind of shaped who he is. And it's, it was really very moving. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. And if you have access to the New York Times, please go read it. If you don't, I'm sure you can find it somewhere. It was it was something. If this is possible, I am now an even bigger Weird Al fan than I was before.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really great, actually.
0: Yeah. yeah. he's He is truly a gem. I saw him once in concert, and that was just an unforgettable experience.
2: Did you see last week he posted a video of him playing classical gas on the accordion? No. Oh my gosh, it blew me away. Look for that.
0: Hey, that's all the time we have for this week. I hope we gave you some good ideas for different 80s flicks to watch on TV this month. If you have any suggestions, email them or drop them on our Facebook page. In the meantime, we say goodbye with this oddly appropriate and yet medically themed Weird Al song because we remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Like a surgeon
2: Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app.